Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. The ducks are in the kitchen, everybody. We were going to wait to press record, but we couldn't miss that. Before you introduce me, yes, in case you hear quacking noises, it's not coming from my nether regions. It's actually coming <laughs> from two ducks that like to come inside. Um, we call them Albert and Victoria, and, um, and they've made themselves quite at home. They come in and they drink from the dog's water bowl and eat the dog Aww. food. Um, and uh, Paul Watson, that's our bulldog, and Olive uh, are terrified of them. But we've just seen them come <laughs> grooming the bulldog. Grooming the bulldog? Crazy. We caught it on Wait, camera. They're, they're frightened of... He's frightened of them. Yes, because what, what, well, what they've started doing is actually launching themselves. Yeah. The, we've got a... Um, don't start wiping <laughs> now. They've got a window. We've got a window, like a stable door, and the top part of the door yeah. is glass. And if they can't get in, they start throwing themselves, Throw themselves. at yeah. the glass to get in. And one day we went out for dinner and accidentally left the top bit of the door open, came back, they'd flown in. There was duck crap all over the floor, white feathers oh, no. all, all over the place. And the poor dogs were cowering in the corner. And these two little ducks were like henching like this. Look, see, now what we can have a... At my mum's house, we I'm from the countryside as well, and one time we came back and the chickens had found their way into the house and they had eaten a bowl of cherries that was on the kitchen table. <laughs> Did they and die? Then, no, they didn't. And then <laughs> so we just followed this trail of, like, red chicken shit <laughs> all the way to the living room and we walked in the living room and they were all sitting around on the chairs and couches as if they were watching television. That's just, like, chilling. It's great, These isn't it? birds. It is, yeah. <laughs> There's never a dull moment, ladies and gentlemen, my mother-in-law, Yvette Fielding. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to the show. Thank Hello. you for having me. Sorry, that was a bit oh. of a funny entrance to your podcast, wasn't it? No, it, it was couldn't great. have been more fitting. There's always some shenanigan happening in that amazing household of yours, and I can't get enough. I miss it so much. Oh, oh sorry about the docs. Um, <laughs> no, it's really fine. It's actually no, lovely. They're, it's they're really a real lovely. Part yeah. of it. Oh, for God's sake! And they're Amazing. pecking at the oven. Anyway, never mind. You'll be in that oven in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, duck large. <laughs> oh God, I'm so sorry. Anyway, no, it's yeah. great. Oh, it's we're missing you, missing you, missing you, Lucy. Um, everything is beautiful, and the garden is all lush and green and fabulous, and it's all really lovely and the wild wildlife is going crazy and it's just gorgeous and it's such a shame because of course when you were here I think you sort of it was sort of wintry then went into spring didn't it and then you left to go to go back to LA but last last June at, at on your property you have the most incredible home and property out in the country and oh it's just my heaven I, I miss it every single day yeah. I wake up in the morning and I go god damn it I'm not in England yeah, you we are we are very lucky that we have access to that because I think there is nothing there is nothing more beautiful in my opinion than summer in England. Mm-hmm. It's like English 
summer countryside is that nothing can beat it and it doesn't matter where I've been or where I've traveled or what I've seen or what lovely lush tropical environment I've been in for me personally I think hands down yeah I would agree well I've done the best I can I've surrounded myself with English people in you've England tried, and love. here you've tried I've got you've tried. Annabelle yeah. I've got Will yeah. and I'm so excited for you and Annabelle to meet today I, I know I'm excited I'm and we're gonna have to meet a great you. chat I can talk about so, some good stuff I have got obviously I've done some research and heard things from yourself and well um and seen a bit of your work um oh god no, yeah of course <laughs> we'll tell everybody how we're connected in a minute here um, so Lucy well you just said I thought you just said well I mean how uh, Yvette and I met in the first place oh yeah yeah of course of course of course which I've talked about before well how did you meet tell but us now we met because Yvette aside from being an incredibly famous and successful actress in England and television host. Oh, an author. Yes, yes. An author. And Annie oh, yes, Lennox yes. impersonator. Annie Lennox impersonator. <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about that later. But yes, your book that yeah. is for pre-release on Amazon, everywhere books are sold, The House in the Woods. Um, this is the next release in your your line of, of <gasps> these. This, this book, is it a, a trilogy? Well, yeah, it, I've written the second book, so it's... Okay, so Ghost, you have a second. Yeah, so the Ghost Hunter Chronicles, um, and I've written two books. The first comes out on the 30th of September, um, and um, the second comes Already out... Already pre-ordered my copy. Yeah, Everybody go pre-order your copy. Yes, and it's great. It's gone to number one today in the um, Amazon Congratulations. Show. I know, for children, best children's, number one in children's ghost stories, and number two behind J.K. Rowling in Movers <gasps> and Shakers, people. I oh, we're so excited wow. for you. It's so exciting. Hey, if I make it I'm big, just... loose, just remember, there's a lot of money coming to you in my inheritance. <laughs> yes. Well, you've been making it big for a very long yeah, time. Yeah, God. And one one thing along your career path that I became obsessed with many years ago was that you are the host of Most Haunted, mm. which is the number one paranormal show in all of UK. Um, I think Europe as well. It's all over the world, Most Haunted. And I was a super fan, you know, 15 years ago is when I think my obsession started. And it wasn't until social media became available that I was able to connect with you and become friendly with you and Carl. Mm -hmm. And then we were friends for several years before you said, oh, come to think of it, I have a son named Will, and he's a musician, and you two should know each other. And you put us in touch, and we took a FaceTime, very businesslike, very you know, professional, and we talked about the music, and we ended up falling madly in love, and then I came to England and was able to meet you (laughs) after all that time of adoring you from afar, and never would I have imagined that I would now be wearing your beautiful ring on Uh, my finger. I know. What a beautiful story. I have the the smaller one. I see you have the sister ring on your yeah, hand. Yeah, that's that's William, William. William went straight for the big one. <laughs> he went straight for the big one. <laughs> smart guy, smart guy, smart guy. But it guy. means so very much to me Aww. to have your ring passed down to me and 
and just to be to to be part of the family now it, it it's an amazing miracle that happened it hadn't you how i feel for you and how much your family means to me as friends had nothing to do with how deeply i fell in love with will and that's the beauty of it is it it was completely unrelated and yet the whole thing is just this big beautiful love story and a joining of of all these loves in this family and I know. God, I'm so you, grateful for oh, it. Oh, well, you know, when we come over, hopefully in September, um, and, uh, well, be prepared to be squeezed to death. And you, Annabelle, don't feel <laughs> like you're going to be left out. You're going to be on the next series of um, her, like, ghost hunting show <laughs> as a ghost because she's going to murder you by squeezing yeah. you to death. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so today we want to we wanna talk about your book. We want to talk about ghosts. We want to talk about all kinds of things. Yeah. And yeah, let's just get right to it. So Annabelle has been collecting these questions and and she's got some juicy stuff for you so are okay. you game for I'm, some I'm holding on some... to my underwear go on there, <laughs> okay let's go, on, go. Girl. Let's see what we've got okay okay so you are for, born in stockport i was no I yeah wasn't born in stockport but i was sort of brought up in uh, um bram hall and uh Poynton and which is in the sort of greater manchester area yeah. yeah. So my dad was from Stockport as well. So when I read it? that, yeah, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. So I got a little thrill when I when I uh, read that because I thought, well, obviously, just where legends are made. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, do you know? Um, I went to Stockport Convent, which your dad will have known, and it was behind. I'm the, sure he was hanging around was, at Stockport I don't know what, Convent. Well, I don't know what school. Stop it. Sorry, that's just the dogs attacking the dog. Is that a duck or a dog? Uh, probably. Who <laughs> knows? Um, yeah, but your dad would have known the Davenport Theatre. And behind the Davenport Theatre was Stockport Convent. And then there was um, Stockport Grammar School. I don't know if you know what mm. school he went to. But we I used to look at the boys. That was only little. You'd look at the boys and the girls, the older girls, would look at the boys through the fence because we were all separated. And, uh, so and Stockport um, Convent was run by nuns. Oh, oh my God. Some of them were evil. Some, oh, Alphonse, my God. I, I, found a, I found a picture of her on Facebook. And as soon as you look at the picture, you don't, you don't even have to. You just know straight away, evil, evil. She just looks evil. <laughs> In fact, she's got glasses to the ones I'm similar, but she's got points on the end of them. She's got like a middle parting and her hair's all scraped back. And I remember I wet myself. Well, she didn't let me hear the end of that, did she? Oh, she was just awful. And oh. I remember her saying to all the, we were all five in the junior school, and she said, who here hasn't been to church on Sunday? And we all put our little hands up, and she called us all out, and then she took a wooden ruler and smacked our yeah. hands that way and that mm. way. We were only mm-hmm. five. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it'd be interesting. Wow. Yeah, so, yeah, your dad would have known would have known yeah I'm sure he would have I'm sure he would have I mean my aunties probably know it's like when I hear you talk it sounds like it kind of just like sounds like my family a little bit it's really nice well you're really Um, posh Annabelle what happened where did you move yeah I know yeah Annabelle you're so posh um well I was raised in the south and I went to um just like private schools where everyone had a posh accent so I guess that's just 
It's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. I'm loving it. Yeah. At least you won't say yeah, Annabelle, because I would have slapped. No, I don't. Yeah. yeah. I'm Will always it. makes fun of people and he goes, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I go to the gym, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. I say yeah a lot, but I don't go, I'm not quite at the, it's the open vowels. Yeah, darling. It's wonderful. Oh, yeah. God. Like that's the oh, accent. I just said it. Oh, awful. Well, you've got a lovely accent, Annabelle. It's Thank just, you. It's very I arty. like to think. Nice. It's not over the yes. top. It's just a, I'd be very proud to say this is this is Annabelle. She's from England. <laughs> Instead, your children speak like pirates. <laughs> I mean, Will and Mary sound like they're sailing the deep blue sea with peg legs. Oh, I, I love that. They've got all sorts I of strange accents going on, haven't they? I know. Well, I definitely get like a lot of shit from um, northern people for my accent. Like, I get prejudged immediately, and I'm just like. Eh. I would never in a million years be like, you guys, I'm half northern because I know they would just laugh me off of the What is it, the, the north-south line in England or They just something? like hate each other. And I don't know, I mean, I know why it is, but it's sort of a conversation for a whole nother day. But it's just, I'm always like ready to get... You're just jealous. <laughs> people, people that have a go of your accent, Annabelle, are just jealous because you've got a beautiful voice. And I'm not just saying, no, you, you genuinely have. There are... You know, if you, I would tell you, Lucy would know, I would actually say, God, Annabelle, mm-hmm. I think your accent stinks, but it doesn't. <laughs> it's really nice. And, and, and I think a lot of people that have a go or, you know, they're, they're just ignorant and stupid. And I think it's judgy. And I think the same for the South as well. I think that there, there's a lot of judgment towards the North that I just think is so unnecessary. And actually, I think there are things socially and just kind of like in the familial sense, so many things about the north are so much nicer than the south i think that the way that people treat each other is nicer i think the communication is nicer i think people are more friendly you know i think they could the south could learn a few things from the north personally (laughs) Um, i married a southerner so carl is from okay yeah down south and so you can't pick a side no i can't pick a side at all but yeah no. i do know what you're talking about there is this yeah not in all cases but in a lot of cases you know oh you're from up north are oh, you you got your whip it uh, black cab oh shut up yeah oh heck do you hear me saying oh heck do you no you know what's funny? You do a lot of different accents on your podcast, which we also have to talk about. I love how Lucy, daughter-in-law, likes to plug and get things. She's the professional, isn't she? Plugging and getting yeah, it all She's in media there. trained within well, an inch always, of her life, this one. You're always <laughs> writing those little plays for your yeah. podcast, which I got to be a part of one one time, and it was so funny. I remember watching that on your Instagram <laughs> stories and thinking... Because I was like, oh, God, she's going to meet the family. Because I didn't know you the, that well right. at that point yet. But I thought, oh, fucking hell, she's, like, met this guy's family already. And and you guys were all sitting around and just howling, laughing. And I thought, this is great. This yeah. is going to be a success. That's not. Um, the Anytime Podcast, oh. correct? Yeah. Oh, oh lovely. Yeah. The Anytime <laughs> Podcast is hilarious. And Yvette does tons of different accents well it's there. very rude I need to, to listen out. to that it's no it's, it's so I, it's very rude it's very rude really rude. good that's what well, I like well we have <laughs> myself and Glenn who's the other host and then um we have our mums on there so my mum is 71 <gasps> and Agnes who is Glenn's mum is from Scotland and you can't understand the goddamn words you say oh my god you can understand they what I call her all the time oh you, my you can god. hear what I'm seeing now can't you you can understand mm-hmm. right this is Agnes. Oh, wait, do you write a diary? I'm so a headache. What? 
<laughs> my best friend Layla, her family are from Scotland, and I can understand them individually. And then as soon as they get together, I'm just sitting there like I. No, I'm going to need subtitles on this one. I know. I'm not. Exactly. Glaswegian. I'm not understanding. Is the worst because when that's such a thick Scottish accent, and when the glass, so yeah, I can't do a glass. It's so yeah, you can't understand it. It's a complete. It, it's language. so hard. Yeah, it is. It really hard. is. So anyway, people don't appreciate two, that. No, you've got the two mums sitting there, and just to give you an example, we will say. Uh, a, an ex, a little part of it is word to your mothers. So I will then say this week's word is queening. What is queening? And the mothers, being seventy-one and nearly eighty, will then have to work out between the two of them what that word is, and they will come out with oh, all sorts of God. very innocent things when actually it has a disgusting queening so the first what does it mean queen oh my god it means when somebody sits on somebody else's face in a sexual manner okay got it right got it and the other one the first one we did to them these poor little old ladies was rimming (gasps) you can't this is elder abuse you cannot (laughs) do this (laughs) and you've got agnes going rimming this sounds like something i would love to listen to i am definitely tuning in my god i didn't even know it's pure filth filth and then you've got a character called reg corker who is a medium psychic who's from liverpool oh i had a good bit and yeah and he comes in i'm just a very brief impression of him he will come in and um Right, I'm connecting with my spirit guide, white sperm. Oh, my white sperm is coming all over me. It's coming all over me now. And then he'll go, he'll, it, like we do live shows. So people will pay, I don't know why, to come and buy tickets and we'll have a live audience. And Reg Corker, the medium, will come in and he'll have two coat hangers with a balloon on the end. And he'll go up to me, these are me skank detectors. Yeah, they're dirty skank. And then he'll just go over people and tap them on the top of the head with a balloon and then insult them, saying, pretending he's um, connecting with the other side. So I love this. This is like proper old school UK entertainment. You just gave her so many ideas for our podcast. No, it's so, I love it. I love it. It's almost like, it's almost like vaudevillian, but yeah, it is. It's, and I love that because my dad was, was, that that was his he was vaudevillian and and that was his passion and it's what he was great at and it's something it's like an art that I think isn't really you know used much anymore it seems to be slightly coming back I feel into the mainstream I've seen a few things recently where I've thought that I feel like it's coming back Mm. but I love that it's like Punch and Judy vibes Um, but you've had such an incredible career and I just wanted to talk about um you know, you've been on so many shows, you've been, you've obviously got your own show, Most Wanted, and all of the kind of like affiliate shows of that. You've been on just for the listeners and our UK people, Americans, this might go over your head, but you've been on The General, City Hospital, Bike Gag Grove, Stars in Their Eyes, where you were Annie Lennox, which I love. Oh, have you seen that? Oh, God. (laughs) No, I haven't seen it. We'll definitely put a clip on the Instagram, though. Okay. Gone. And so restless nights. Oh. Give it a bit of my 
you've been on the Jonathan Ross show, never mind the Buzzcocks, come dine with me. This is just like a couple of the things that you've been on. These are like UK's most <clears throat> iconic shows. As well I don't as know. the youngest host of Blue Peter. Exactly, which I was going to say was that you started as, you know, well, you had a show before that, but you started as, that was your big moment, wasn't it? Mm. You went on to Blue Peter and it was like, pow, here I am. You were the youngest host ever and the most beloved host, it seems like. You won awards mm. for you know funniest moments best episodes mm. all of those things and that must have been such a crazy experience because blue peter was one of those things that is just like an ev it's everyone's childhood mm. maybe not so much anymore i don't know i don't no. have kids so i'm not sure what the culture is anymore but we, even when i was a kid it was just like you just watched it it was like you knew what happened every week there was Here's one I made earlier. God, I'll never forget that line in all my life. You know, oh. like they would make things and then they would... Neither would I. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I just wanted to give people a background on you with all that stuff. Um, but you, it says here that you won an award for most popular woman on television. Mm. And the people you were up against were Scylla Black, Victoria Wood and Kylie Minogue. Mm. Like those are... You beat all those bitches and <laughs> you were the most popular woman, which I think says so much about how the public feels about you, Aww. your character, um, your career. Because I think that obviously, I think I see you as like a little bit of an underdog. It's like you might not be the first name on the tip of everyone's tongue, but obviously it's like you've done so much. You're there, you're tried and true. People love you. You're like a cult icon at this point mm -hmm. with the brand that you've built. Oh, and, I'm coming on um, there again. I'm telling you, I won't be able to, <laughs> to walk out my head the size of but I, I love that about you and I love, you know, I don't know you, but I just see you smiling all the time and you have such a positive attitude and there's not much about your personal life online, um, which I assume is probably a choice of yours, but you seem like a really happy and positive person. Is that your natural state? Is that something that you've had to work at with everything that you have going on in your life? You know, all I can glean from you really is that you're happy and that you're really madly in love with your husband hmm. from a personal perspective. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That that would, yes, you've hit the nail right on the head. <laughs> I think, do you know what? Your dad, you know, I think a lot of people from the North and, and that sort of working class background, you know, like like myself, but, and I was brought up by my mum and dad and my grandparents to, you know, you only, you only get out of it what you put in, you know, work your ass off. Mm. Night, my granddad always used to say, it's always nice to be nice, Yvette, now. Come on, be nice, be positive. Mm. And I grew up with that mantra. And my dad used to always say, make sure you keep your feet on the ground. Don't ever let, you know, this career, this whatever, make you feel like you're bigger than you actually are. And I've always, always uh, had that. And I've, as we, all, as we all have, the three of us met, you know, uh, big stars and, and, and people in our careers who do think that they are, I don't know. The, 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 Hot shit. Well, yeah. And it's just like, hang on a minute. You're a tiny, tiny, tiny part of this world. And, you know, who do you think you are talking to other people like that? You know, this is supposed to be fun, this business of ours called show. You know, mm. it's fun. And it's supposed to be fun. So stop taking yourself far too seriously. But you're right. I just think that happiness is the key uh, to, you know, to everything. And also to be um, 
to be um, happy within yourself. But I think that only comes when you get older. So when you're in your 20s and, and 30s, I feel that, for me anyway, personally, I think you're still trying to find yourself and you're still trying to sort out your career and where am I going and which direction am I going in. And you, you're wanting to um, pursue your career, make the best of, of everything you've got. And you're wanting to make money and this, that and the other. And it's only when you get, I think, into your 50s that suddenly you are happy within your shell. You're happy within your skin. And you, so what if you've got a bloody muffin top? So what if your thighs yeah. shape and you have to wear those yeah. pants under the dress <laughs> that stop the friction from setting your mm. flame retardant nighty aflame? Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's, you don't, I mean, you care about your appearance, but it's not as important to you. Yeah. Other things become so much more important. And I just, for me, I just look back and I think, I think it does. It comes back to my upbringing, my parents, my grandparents, that northern culture, as it were, you know. Mm. And yeah, happiness, that's it, you know. That's, that's I think it's so interesting that you're saying that. My dad was very, it sounds like very similar messages that he received as a young man. And my dad was humble to a fault. You know, I feel like he could have done to be a bit more of a, star I mean we always joke I'm just like you're Joe Walsh wasted on this one here <laughs> I'm just like I feel like I my dad was so like not rock starry I feel like your dad's like mega rock my star, dad's yeah. super rock star and my dad just wasn't like he was so humble he got everything from the fucking Goodwill thrift store mm. like from the charity wow. shop all his clothes he had like I a, mean my dad grew up poor but once he hit it, yeah, he, he's he like, went I'm for here. it. Yeah, he yeah. was like, I My am. My dad never did. Never, <laughs> never flew first class. Yeah, I remember when we were cleaning out his house um, after he died. He went to Vegas one time for a show or whatever to perform, and he bought a bottle of Cristal for the group. And this is a really, oh. do you know, champagne is stupid, ridiculous, like six hundred dollars for a bottle. Yeah, she's got ten in her kitchen, and, and he bought <laughs> yeah. this bottle of Cristal for the group. And it was like the most expensive drink he'd ever bought, or like Aww. thing he'd ever bought. And he kept the box, all that he found it in his bedroom. Like he was so so humble. All of his clothes, his furniture, everything. Never travelled first class. I never, not one time, saw even a glimmer of a look at a fan, or I don't have time for you, or any of that. He was. He knew that he had the life he had as a result of these people, these yeah. fans, these. People gave him and me, and that was drilled into me as well. You be nice to them. You are polite. You smile, mm-hmm. and you have manners because these people have given you your life. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think that that was that's a beautiful gift to have because I mean, it keeps your head on. And as far as the happiness stuff, I found that age chat really interesting because I felt a huge relief when I turned thirty. I was like, thank fuck, mm-hmm. my twenties are over. Mm-hmm. They were a disaster. They were a nightmare. And I think nobody really prepares people in their 20s for how hard they're going to (laughs) be and what a shit show they're going to be. It's like you're trying to, you're straddled between your childhood and your adult life. And you're, for the whole time, you are stuck between the two places. Mm -hmm. And then in your 30s, you go into this next phase. Mm -hmm. And then I'm looking forward to being older for that reason because I want to get to that place where I'm just like, (sighs) 
Um, but I will say the recent experience I've had with losing Ryan and, and Max has eliminated so much of that stuff for me, whereby now I am so not caring about things that I thought were important before. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've slightly gotten ahead in the race, you know, mm-hmm. um, in a way, because I, my values and are so different now and what matters to me and what I think is important and all that stuff which I think probably would have taken me much longer to learn in a, in a yeah definitely was a fast track to do you waking up do you feel like your 30s are much more comfortable than your 20s I did not become comfortable until about a year ago when you came into my life, Yvette, the last couple of years for me, as the listeners know, has been very tumultuous. And it's been a near-death experience with having the stalker, which was my wake-up call. Yours mm. was losing Max and Ryan, and you have – that was a near-death experience for you because mm. you were almost in that car with them. And you are in that car in your heart, and so you went through the loss. Mm. And it reset everything for you. And it happened to me when the stalker showed up at my door and was trying to get in with weapons and I was Mm -hmm. home alone and I could see the doorknob turning. So Mm. those kinds of things in our life really wake us up and make us go. They shape you. They shape. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And when you get to when, God, you've got years, years and years yet before you get to to where I'm at. But my God, it, it's like everything goes in circles. So it's, they say, don't they, every seven years you change. So your taste yeah. change, your taste in music, yeah. your taste in food, you everything. It goes around. Into, and, and, and it happens again. You know, when you get to your 50s, all of a sudden, especially to women, um, you know, we, we, we change again. And it mm. is, in, and especially, ha, you ladies don't know yet, but wait till you hit that <laughs> goddamn menopause. And this is another thing, is that, that there's not enough on this. There is not enough information uh, uh, about what women and men go through in their 50s. You imagine you're married, you've been married for so many years, and then all of a sudden the husband looks at the wife and goes, oh, my God, she's gone batshit crazy. She's crying Mm. all the time. She's depressed. She's screaming at me for no reason. I don't know what the hell I've done wrong. So they divorce. They split up. Yeah. And it's because of this horrendous menopause thing that's gone. I mean, fortunately, mm. all I can say, I won't go on about it, but HRT ladies and, and don't <laughs> HRT, fecking marvellous. Bloody What's marvelous. HRT? So it's hormone replacement. Hormone phase, replacement oh, got yeah. it, got it. Got yeah, it. yeah, yeah. So anyway, you've got years for that. So but uh, come back to me well, when you're 50 odd. And I and I okay. ball teeth in. Yes. Get some tips. Ball teeth in. Yeah. Annabelle, what you're saying, yes, you completely were transformed through losing Max and Ryan. I've had transformative things happen. And Yvette, what I hear you saying is that as you get older, you just move deeper and deeper into gratitude. Yes. Is really what it is for yourself and for everything you have. And you in my life have been a huge teacher in, in appreciating myself and letting go of comparing myself to others. You are the most beautiful woman to me because you're so you're free within yourself and you share that with other people. And that's what Annabelle said so beautifully. You are so at peace and so grateful for you and everything you have created in yourself that you are then such a, a light in the room oh, for everyone around you. And, and that's 
Oh, that lovely. I'm actually filling up. Way, I'm actually getting emotional <laughs> as you're talking to me. Stop it, woman. Okay, okay, okay. Well, All we right, won't we're make it. We'll move. Um, okay, yeah. so Most Haunted is after Blue Peter. Would you say that Most Haunted was your like big comeback? You should like fucking hell, I'm back, and I'm like, yeah, it was, it was crazy. Yeah, how did that journey oh, happen? From it was bizarre. It was just an idea that Carl and I had, and we put all our uh, life savings into the pilot program. We paid for it mm-hmm. all ourselves. We got our friends to film it. And we never thought we did a pilot show, but we, I don't know what it was. I now believe it was spiritual. I now believe that that it was something from another realm that was f- pushing us to do this. Um, because it was bizarre. It I've, I've never <laughs> felt, it was like, honest to God, like somebody was behind us keep going keep going keep going I mean Mm. I remember both of us in tears because we were worrying we thought oh my god we can't pay the mortgage we've sunk all our money into this program and then it took six months and every meeting we went to pitch meetings no 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 this will never work no we don't want it no 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 and it was purely a friend of a friend who took it um and Carl slid the, it was VHS then, that's how many years ago it was, slid it across the desk and said, tell me what's wrong with it. So he put it in the video player and he watched the whole pilot and he just didn't say anything. He took it out, it was really quiet. Carl was like, oh my God, you know, he's going to tell me it's absolutely appalling. And he passed the video cassette back to Carl and said, I want it. I want 16 episodes and I remember Carl ringing me and I, rem- I remember falling to my knees, crying. But the reason why I remember falling to my knees was I was picking up Mary's Lego bricks and I actually went down and, and, and banged my knee on the le- Lego brick. No. But I was the pain, but I was the pleasure of pain. I was going, yeah. oh my God, this is amazing. We can have the most amazing Christmas. And it was, it was, no. it was a fantastic time. And we made this series and... We enjoyed doing the series. Sorry, it's a dog. Uh, enjoyed doing the series, and and never in a million years did we expect um, the show to go on as it as it did. And, and how um, many seasons has it been now? I, I can't remember. It's twenty odd. Twenty. It's twenty. It's like twenty one years. Twenty five. Twenty one yeah. years. Twenty two years. And on Most Haunted, you go into uh, supposedly, or you've heard, or you read, or historical haunted locations mm-hmm. and 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 what do you do in there well i can tell this well you, you, you can you can you can go ahead Luke. you describe it. here's the thing that i love about most haunted and i'm very snooty about ghost shows yeah you are yeah i grew up seeing paranormal things and so there's so many just horrible, horrible shows that are. I agree with that. As somebody crap. that grows up with that energy around them, and and knowing and understanding that there is more out there than yeah. than what uh, we see in like three D. Um, when I see stuff that misrepresents that, or yeah. people that misrepresent that, when you see people faking. I it. just think, oh, fuck, you're just really ruining this angry. for all the rest of us. Exactly, and <laughs> yeah. it makes me very angry that people do that. But anyway, when I came across Most Haunted, it was different. And the thing I really liked about the show is that they go to the most incredible locations. They go to castles, prisons, regular houses. Mm. 
pieces of land. You've done outdoor mm-hmm. episodes, all oh, kinds wow. of things. And they take with them a really interesting group of people. They've always got a historian with them. Okay. They've got a medium sometimes. They've got um, a skeptic. They have somebody wow. who's thinking about the science behind things. They have an wow. EVP expert, which is a, a, a recording mm-hmm. of a spirit voice. Electronic voice that, phenomena. Ele- thank you. They've captured many, many electronic voice phenomenons. And they really give you a great hour of the history of the place. They do a walk around in the light and they talk about different reported happenings and then they go into darkness overnight mm. and they see what they can capture on camera. And sometimes they'll do seances, sometimes they'll do Ouija boards, sometimes they'll just they'll get the tapping that happens yeah. that I have now been fortunate enough to witness with you, Yvette, you know, several times now. And then they let you make up your own mind. Today, Gresson Hall Farm and Workhouse is a museum, and even though many tens of thousands of people walk through the doors each year, a few from its past seem to have stayed. Dark shadows are said to lurk in the corners, cries of the young are heard throughout the building, footsteps are heard echoing along empty corridors, and the spirits of the long dead are seen and heard still toiling through their daily chores. You know, they're not trying to make you feel any way about it, they're just exploring Mm. and they've always claimed to be just that they're paranormal investigators and explorers and they're not you know they're not shoving it down your throat Mm -hmm. they're just showing you yeah look what we found exactly well that sounds like something people would love to listen to this show i want to know how you came to it this is what i'm saying that's why i believe it was a spiritual thing so is it 21 22 years ago um carl and i were at home and a colleague of ours who was a cameraman, um, was dropping off a part of a car, like a, you know, like a dog gate inside a car that you put in your boot. And uh, mm. we had the same cars. And he knocked on the door and he said, I just thought you might like this because I'm getting rid of my car. Come in, come in, have a cup of tea. So we came in and we were chatting about work and everything. And, uh, and he said, you know, he said, we've had a fabulous weekend. He said, we've just come back from this place called Michelin Priory in East Sussex. Wow, what a location. And it's a, it's a fantastic venue. But the owners um, are trying to get a lot of publicity, you know. Um, so if we know anybody within our circles that wants to do any publicity or film there or anything, he's up for it. He's up for you to use the location. Oh, fantastic. Oh, fantastic. And as he was leaving, he said, oh, he said, I forgot. He said, and it's, it's haunted. He said, apparently there's like, you know, it's the something like the 10th most haunted location in the world or in in the UK I can't remember now and it's got like 13 ghosts and Carl and I sort of looked at each other and he went and then Carl looked at me and he said would you would you spend the night in a haunted house and I'd watched Blair Witch like a month before and I said well I said I'd be bloody terrified I said but yeah we could do it I said what if we got those night vision cameras and then it clicked and we sat up all night and we kept writing out all the ideas and the bed was I remember covered in paper and the Mm -hmm. initial title was the shittest title of a tv program (laughs) what was it Yvette's Haunting Truths I mean how crap is that Um, (laughs) that should be the name of your autobiography no that's called here's one I screamed earlier um yeah (laughs) 
So, uh, oh my god! So that's how it came. So, so that's how it came about. Yeah, and and that's that really I mean. is yeah, bizarre. like you were guided yes. to something. You know, it's exactly. so interesting. And I truly, um, truly then, believe that 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 we are here to help people. We're here to help other people. Now, you know, how how however that may be, but I think if we just carry on in our lives, going about our business, going to work, doing this, that, the other. I, I, I think that's so sad. I think if we can somehow help people, no matter how small that gesture may be, it has a knock-on domino effect. It's the butterfly effect. Uh, even mm. if it's, it, I mean, I went up to a woman randomly. She was sat in the doctor's surgery and I'd just bought some flowers for myself. And she looked so sad. And I just went up to her and I said, I want you to have these flowers. Well, her face Aww. lit up. And I just think, your listeners, you do that. Just go out and buy, it doesn't have to be expensive, a little bunch of flowers and go up to a random stranger and give them a bunch. Well, it'll make their day. How lovely. Yeah. And you go home thinking, I've made somebody happy today. Oh, and I just I think know, that's yeah. what we should all do. We should, we're all put on this planet to, to do something. And with Most Haunted, I think that whether you believe in it or you don't believe in it, like Lucy said, you know, you make up your own mind. But it's there to help people who have lost loved ones, to mm. give them that bit of faith, that little bit of belief that there is another life, that we do go yeah. on somewhere. And I'm telling you now, in my experience, in 20-odd years, I'm not an expert, only the dead are experts, but in my experience <sighs> of investigating the other side and speaking to them, there is 100% life after death. And we will meet our loved ones again i know that 100 percent. they can hear us they can see us every father's day i buy my father a, a father's day card the knocking came through uh, on my brother's birthday the table was going crazy i've not told you this oh really and i really? and uh, me and my dad have been watching movies together i've said to him can you tap out what movie you'd like to watch and he's tapped out the first one was um what was the first one? Oh, um Oh, God, Dirty Harry. I've never seen Dirty Harry in my life. So I'm sat that there. Brian's favourite movie. Was it? Brian's Ryan's, favourite movie. Yeah, and he had, when I met him, he had a Dirty Harry poster above his bed. There you go, see, Dirty Harry. Then he tapped out The Vikings, which was bizarre because only the night before I downloaded it and watched it. And now I've got, he's tapped out. I said, what's the next one? Magnificent Seven. I've never seen The Magnificent Seven. And it really upset me because it's seven nights ago. He's going to take you through all the classics. I know, but my dad loved all that. And so I've been told they can see us and they can hear us. So anybody out there that has lost a loved one, please, please, please believe me, making me all emotional. They can hear you. They can see you. You will see them again. Please believe me when I tell you that. It's yeah. so true. The littlest gesture, the littlest thing. When you're talking out loud, you know, hey, Dad, you know, what do you think of this? Or, you know, should I get that? They can hear you. And they don't want yeah. to see you cry. They don't want to see you upset because it upsets them. And that's yeah. why a lot of spirits, we call them spirits, I don't like people let's call them people because they're still there oh interesting they're, they're around they don't want to see you upset they want to know yeah. that you are happy and you are getting on with your life you're getting on with it they don't want to see you all miserable and crying oh i miss you so much yes of course we miss them but they yeah. are having a blast 
they're having a bloody ball and they don't want to come mm. back. They all say every time nobody has ever come, said they want nobody to come wants back. to come back. Never in a million years. They are so happy. They always spell out the word. Tell me what the feeling was like when you left your body and you went to the place you are now. Bliss, blissful. It was the most amazing feeling. Sorry to go. You can tell I'm very passionate about this. Yeah. But my dad came through and he does this a lot in a very, very vivid dream. And a lot of the time when you lose someone, it may be a long time, maybe a couple of years. But at some point in your life, you will have a very vivid dream. And that's them coming to you to show you that they're all right or they're wanting to give you a message. Well, my dad came through to me and my God, the feeling was it's this, I can't even put it into words. The feeling that he gave me was this, the most amazing love. And this is what we're missing on this plane. If we could all experience this amazing, wonderful love, we, there wouldn't be wars in the world. There just wouldn't. So he was sure, and he hugged me and, and, and he looked so young. His skin was amazing. His eyes were the bluest of blue. And I can tell you, he was wearing a, like a, a lilac-y, bluey, like a linen short sleeve shirt, tucked in with chinos, for God's sake. And I could, and, and I, and he hugged me and I could feel his warmth. And I was crying and I woke up with tears streaming down my face because I knew it was real. And I knew that he'd come to see me and to show me that he's so happy. And then he showed me a, a, a couple of other times, me flying through the windscreen of a car. And he showed me this feeling and what it was like to die in that moment. And I, I oh my God, the feeling was the most, again, this, I can't describe it. It was this wonderful sensation of absolute pure love and like belonging and I did not want to go I didn't want to go back I did mm. not want to go back and 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 I woke up in this uh, it was bizarre in this sort of with this beautiful tree and these hospital beds weirdly enough and I was I was told that when people go over very quickly and traumatically this is the spirits telling me that they actually, the human soul comes out of the body before impact. So they don't mm. feel anything. Um, what they feel is this amazing, pure, oh my God, this blissful feeling. And then sometimes they're like, what the hell's happened, dude? Oh my God, where the hell am I? And then they're sort of, they come round and they're in this beautiful garden with this beautiful tree and and it's just the most amazing place. Um, and mm. I truly believe that a lot of people um, don't want to know, uh, uh, the, the powers that be don't want us all to know about this because if we yeah. did, it would affect religion. It would reflect. Yeah. A lot of yeah. people that are unhappy in this world, they would be, well, I'm going. I'm going to yeah. go and, and kill myself. And and that's not what 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 you know we want we we don't want that to happen so but i i'm i'm i can't express to you enough how real it is and how beautiful yeah. it is and how we are the ones that suffer the ones that are left not them they are so happy anyway sorry got very passionate there no 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 no, no. Is that, i want to yeah. share so many experiences that i've had with yeah. you since 
we've become family. We've had amazing seances yes. at your house. But I want this time, if it's all right, mm. to be between you and Annabelle for anything that she might want to ask of you course, yeah. having to do with Max and Ryan. Of course. If yeah. you would give us that opportunity. Yes. Yeah. You really appreciate it. Is there anything you want to? Um, I mean, obviously, that was really emotional hearing you talk about that stuff. Because um, obviously, that's what I want to believe. <laughs> Sorry. Darling. It is. Um, and do you know all day? And I believe it in my. Yeah. Um, core I believed it before and I obviously now more than ever my beliefs would be tested in a situation like this and I you know you may have heard I don't know if you listen to the podcast or not but Ryan knew he was going to die young he knew that and I knew that and he told me that and it was a joke but it was very much a part of our life and the conversations we would have he would ask me weekly what are you going to do when I die who are you going to talk to about this what are you going to do with my body the whole like it and he needed me to tell him every week um and you know I feel that Ryan and Max had a cosmic pull to one another there there I obviously don't want to share too much about their families or and things like that but they met when they were very young boys I think maybe 12 um and they were very drawn to each other and I think that the families didn't love them hanging out together because they would get too raucous together and they had so many times in their life where they would come together and it would be explosive and they would go apart and they were just drawn to each other again and they they could not be kept from one another and Mm. and I think that it's was written out for them in the stars that the, I, I believe that that was an instinctive thing within their parents and within their mothers to want to keep them apart because I think that instinctively everyone knew and their mothers are both very spiritual people and even though they're Christians they're very um, deeply connected to something both of them I feel and um, I think that it was coming all along you know and I very much feel I watched Ryan's soul prepare to leave here I I would never have said something like that before this experience but I watched a man prepare to to die I did I what made you feel what made you feel that how did in what ways um he really was seeking the answers to questions. He always had since I'd known him. He had a list of albums he had absolutely had to listen to. He would do full discographies, movies, books, the whole thing. He would read a book. It was like he couldn't get it in fast enough and we would have conversations where I'd be like, just calm down, it's fine. Like you you have time. And he'd be like, I don't have time. I do not have time. And he would get frustrated by it. And he would work from the moment he he was living 110% from the moment his eyes opened to the moment he fell asleep and he could not fit enough in. And as far as him preparing, his soul preparing, he had become very calm, very peaceful. He was becoming much more spiritual. He was becoming very, he'd very been always been very materialistic. He would look at his watches and say, you know, I look at this now and I don't feel anything for it. I don't, it doesn't make me feel anything. I don't 
want any of these things anymore. He got rid of a lot of, of his personal possessions. He, we were getting rid of the car that they died in. We were going to be getting rid of that the following week. Mm. He was reading all of this spiritual stuff about being in the moment, being here now. He would practice dying. He would lie there and practice. Um, and he was both terrified of death, but absolutely obsessed with it. And everything he did was about his legacy. He wanted to set up systems that would last, outlast him. Mm. And the day that he died, he went to see a hypnotist that morning. And she is the only hypnotist left that's alive that studied under Ericsson, um, Ericksonian hypnosis. And he went and she said to him, why are you here? You have nothing left to learn. Mm. Uh, and she said the last thing that needs to be in your brain is that there is a block between you and the moment and that's what we're going to work on today. And that day he said that he felt for the first time in his life there was not a veil between him and the moment. Um, wow, interesting. And he had had some family relationship stuff that he was working on and him and his one of his brothers had had been having you know troubles in their relationship he called him that day and he and I said just please you've had a good day like don't mm. do this to yourself like you've got time he said I don't it has to be today there's just all these signals and conversations we had and things he did and you know I've got video footage of him trying to figure out why he's saying certain things about not being here. And I just know, I know what I saw. Mm. And, and it's the same with Max, you know, um, and I'm not the only one close to Max that has said a similar, similar thing. Um, Max was very light. He was very loving. Max wasn't a very affectionate person, but he was unbelievably affectionate in, the, in those last weeks. He came home one day and he picked me up and he held me and he swung me around and danced with me in the kitchen. And he was just, he was having very um, psychic experiences and he, he and I talked about that a lot and he's like, it's really weird since I've been in LA, I'm having really, really psychic experiences and it's kind of freaking me out and keep having these dreams. He said, I had a dream, I died and it was the most blissful experience yeah. and it's changed how I feel about dying. If that's it, then I don't mind. And he said, I feel guilty saying it, but it was just the most incredible feeling. It's um, it, 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 there's um, a scientist, I've forgotten his name, who actually goes through, there are stages that you go through in preparation for death. And some of the things that you've mentioned are those stages that you're wow. sometimes consciously, sometimes unconsciously aware of actually doing. And it's only like yourself, your loved ones afterwards will say, I can't believe that they, mm. they actually did that. A lot of people will get their affairs in order. They'll go through mm. photograph albums and they'll go, through, oh, mm. do you remember with this, that, and the other. They're trying to get everything in order because they mm. just have this feeling that something's yeah. coming to an end. Um, I mean, it sounds to me definitely that they both knew each other in another life. I yes. do believe in reincarnation. Yes. I've had me that confirmed from, the other, confirmed from the other side that mm. it's but you choose, you're not forced, you, you choose to come back. And it sounds to me like, obviously, they have 
known each other in previous lives. And uh, I get the impression that uh, Ryan was an old soul, that he was, you know, a, a, a very old soul that has, has, has lived many, many times and has a certain amount. It's almost like within each life, he will, he has a job to do. And within that, when he's done that job, it's time for him to move on to the next mm. plane or whatever. Mm. And so that, I think that's, that's what's happened. And maybe within that, in his lifetime, when he's done whatever, maybe it's not just one thing he has to do, but lots of different things. It can be a, mm. a kind word, a kind gesture, or a bit of advice to somebody, or to just influence coming to your life, both your lives. And I don't know, something in, even subconsciously, that makes you a better person. That was his yeah. mantra in life, was leave everybody better than you find them. Leave every situation better than you find them. Everyone he met, what do you want to do? What's your dream? Yeah. Let's do it. Let's start right now. And he would, and that's what he did for people. And um, my mum says that she believes that he was an angel that was sent to me and obviously everyone that knew him of course but I would love to talk to you obviously more about this but I don't want to you know bore everyone with my shit but certainly I think (laughs) I think I just I just find it interesting that um that you're saying that about the the preparations because that's absolutely you know what I saw I saw it with my dad as well my dad was completely disorganized fractured person in every imaginable way and before he died for the first time his 14 horses were all in one place he'd had someone come in and organize all of his photos you know all of a sudden completely unthinkable for my dad a lot of people will have psychic something will happen where they'll they'll have strange dreams or some, you know, about someone that's passed over or, you know, you know, or I saw, I saw my sister, she, she was standing, she was standing in the room. That happens an awful lot. So there's different stages and there's actually some good books on that as well, um, which actually help an awful lot of people that are left behind. But Mm. but I've just been helping a, a friend of mine who her nephew, who was in prison, allegedly killed himself in his cell and of course she was very very close to her nephew and has been as you would be bereft absolutely bereft not only did she want to know what had gone on because it all didn't seem to fit together um, the stories that the officials were telling her so she wanted to dig into it so she was grieving and wanted to get to the bottom of it all Mm. so she came over and um, we did a little session and sure enough, he came through and um, she was able to ask him lots of questions wow. um, and he came through and he tapped out various words and sentences. But the main thing that he said to her was, stop, don't continue down this path of going to court and finding out what's mm. gone on, stop it. And she said, you know, did you kill yourself? And he said, no. So there was more to it. But wow. he's, he was saying to her, I don't want you to pursue it. Yeah. The reason being is, and he, he actually tapped out, you'll make yourself ill. Yeah. We didn't want that for her. So she was crying and saying, but, I, you yeah. know, I miss you. And, and he was then saying, please don't cry for me. I am so happy please stop. And this is the thing. This is what I keep trying to tell people is that 
it's so hard because we miss the physical being, yeah. you know? And it's like, you know, William married to beautiful Lucy, my beautiful son, who I saw, you know, an awful lot, is now gone. I can't hug him. I can't, mm. you know, the, I'm fortunate because at least we have the technical thing of FaceTime. But my God, if we didn't have FaceTime, you know, before all this technical stuff, these people emigrating, they're going, oh, you don't actually see your loved ones. Yeah. They, they were gone. So it was a kind of a, a grief then, not not so much of now, course. of course, because of the technical course. side of things. But they're there. Yeah, they I are. feel that very much so. I, yeah. I, the morning, I don't know if Lucy had ever mentioned this or whatever, but anyway, but I've said it a bunch of times. I the, was with Yvette. When they died. Yeah. The morning. She's the one that I yeah, was with yeah. when, mm. when you let me know. And that morning. The morning. That morning I couldn't sleep. I was feeling really anxious in my sleep. And I woke up at about four something in the morning. And I laid in bed for a while. And then I went downstairs. And as I was walking down the stairs, I knew. I, I just knew. It's amazing that. And I, I knew that they were gone from here. I could feel it with every fiber of my being and I think that I I liken it in my mind slightly to you know when an animal knows it's going to die it takes itself off into the woods Mm -hmm. I think it's as uncomplicated as that I think we like to be really clever as people and we like to really think there's all these big reasons for things and oh it's like oh a conspiracy oh you're making it up it's like an animal knows it's unwell. It takes itself off into the woods to die. Why would we be any different? I, I really do sort of see it like that. Yeah. Um, as far as the souls preparing and Absolutely. all of that kind of yeah. thing. But I was wondering if you would mind. I did a couple of question and answer things on our Instagram for our show. And I was wondering if you would mind um, answering some of the questions from our listeners. Yeah, just about your process, yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I have them here. Let me just pull them up. Um, and I basically just ask the listeners if they could ask you anything, uh, a paranormal investigator, what would they ask you? Okay. Um, and so let me just. I love you, Luke. Look at these quickly. I love you. <laughs> I miss you. Um, some of them were really good, and also they were questions that I had. Um, yeah, these are all yours. Don't lie. Okay. Yeah, these are all mine, which I'm shoehorning into. Yeah. Business. Okay. And then we'll let you take your tea and get off to bed. Oh, I'm not fine. I could answer these chat here all fantastically night. gorgeous <laughs> questions. Okay, so a lot of people asked if it was if this gift that you have is something that you feel you were born with and had since childhood, or and or do you think it's something people can learn? Oh, good question. Um, I, for me, I didn't, I, 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 some people are born with it. I think we all have the capability of being able to be in communication with the other side. It's whether we want to or not. I've been told by the other side, meditation meditation is the way forward and if you want to open up if you want to 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 communicate with the other side you must meditate and i've discovered that trying to do it before you go to sleep at night or when you can't sleep at night trying it in bed it doesn't work you've got to take yourself off in the afternoon 
and you've got to meditate and and it's a very hard thing to do meditation I think to be still Mm. we spend so much of our lives transmitting transmit transmit talking transmitting transmitting we don't sit there and receive and I think that's part being it's an art to being to, to try to be still so that's what I've been told from the other side meditate so I've been trying to do that and the more that I've been sort of doing these investigations over the years and over the years I've sort of likened people like myself um sort of like little dynamos that sort of ignite these little sort of bits of electricity the more you do it the more energy you put into it the more brighter your it shines and so you become more attractive to the other side um, and that's why I believe this knocking phenomena, whenever, whenever myself and Carla together, more so when we're together, that's when we have great communication with the other side. So I have more of a relationship now with my dad than I did when now than when I did when he was alive. But he's alive, but I just can't see him. Mm. Um, it's crazy. So the fact that I sit down and watch movies with, with, with the man, you know, and I can Beautiful. feel a presence... But he's chosen the bloody film, which is amazing. And a lot of people would say, would would you know put me. So this woman's completely crazy, uh, and and I'm not expecting people to believe me. But I know I know what's what, and I'm very happy with it. And you know, um, and I'm not I'm I'm not preaching. I'm just saying this is my yeah. experience and in my opinion. Yeah. So you do have the capability to be able to to talk to the other side. Anybody can do it. I think the more mm. energy, the more time you put into it is what you get out of it. Um, and when you go on an investigation, you know, you, you can have a room full of people that really believe and want things to happen. And it only takes one person to come into the room that thinks it's a load of crap. And the energy yeah. just dies. And that's it. Mm. No communication whatsoever. I agree with you. I really do. I mean, you're, this is your world and I'm while I've always been very in tune since I was first speaking, I was communicating that this was something I was aware of. Mm-hmm. It's always been part of my life. I agree that it. the more you do it, the more you're open to it. Mm-hmm. I think it's the law of attraction. Again, like with it not being complicated about the animal going off into the woods, I think it's a very simple law that we apply to everything else in our lives. But, you know, when it comes to something spiritual or that we can't, isn't material and we can't uh, put our hands on, we kind of, all of the laws of the universe go out the window. Mm. But I see it as the law of attraction. And I think that it totally is something you can grow. Of course um, it is. And the other thing is, there's a lot of people who poo-poo it and, and a lot of cynics out there. I, you know, sort of, oh, what a load of rubbish or, you know, all of that. I always say to them, there was the, some of the greatest minds and scholars of our time were spiritualists. For yes. instance, Graham Alexander Bell, who invented the telephone, he was a spiritualist and actually invented the first components of the telephone to make contact with the dead. <laughs> wow. John Logie Baird, who invented the television, was also a spiritualist. And the first components of the television were made to communicate with the dead. Albert Einstein, one of our greatest minds um, in our history, um, has said that energy cannot die. So I'm a mm. firm believer, and Lucy knows this, our consciousness. And Einstein believed this, 
once the body, the car that we drive around in has died, we've got no use for it anymore, that energy has to go somewhere. Yeah. Where does it go? And I really truly believe that we go that we that we go on and we manifest into something that we cannot we can't even understand. Yeah. Our brains are too small, too compact, too busy. We're too busy, um, you know, pushing our our thoughts and our you know feelings out there and chatting and social media. Busy, busy, busy doing our day. We don't have room. We don't even have time to think about all of that. You know. A lot of people yeah. would call it rubbish. But as I say, a lot of the great minds think differently. Yeah. Yeah, Amazing. I was so um, not surprised at all, but blown away to hear about all of the fantastic scientific minds that have shaped our modern world mm. were spiritualists. Yeah. Um, but not surprised, as I said. Um, I have a, This is a really great question. And actually something I wonder a lot myself is... I mean, the question is slightly different than, than what I, how I would pose it. It says, if this makes sense, can they all communicate or have some people fully gone? Like, are some people here and some people are gone or is everyone still around, you know? Yeah, I get, I get what the person's trying to say. In my, in my experience, from what I've, I've come across, is that they're all around. We just mm. can't see them. They're all around us. I think that people who are souls, if they choose to reincarnate, they can come back. But a lot of souls don't want to come back. As, as we've been told time and time again, they don't want to come mm. back, don't want to come back. And time is time is so different on their plane to what ours is. Ours is incredibly slow, very, very slow. Yeah. When you go over to the other side, it's almost like, and this is going to sound crazy, but a soul can be in so many different places at the same time that will, you know, uh, it, it will be like an, an hour, three hours. I'm just using this as a crazy example, but just yeah. seconds to them, you know? Yeah. And also the knocking phenomena. If you've not heard it, I know Lucy's, Lucy's experienced it. Yes, this also yeah. comes down to the... Um, to the other side so the knocking that you get you it, it, it sounds like it's coming from the walls or under the floor and so you can feel the vibration but you see I've asked them and that's them talking so that's their voice talking but because mm. they're on a higher uh, a much quicker uh, and a higher um, frequency and vibration when they're talking it's slowed down, so we're, like the sonic boom. So when the sound changes, you're hearing it like that. But they're actually talking. Wow, okay. I see. Yeah. Interesting. Why don't we try for it now? Oh, God. Well, I've never tried. I've never done it. <laughs> I've never done it on a Zoom. I'm, I'm, my body's not ready. I think we need to prepare, prepare for that one. Just panicked me to That's death. That's so interesting about it being the talking. Yeah, wow. I've, I've asked them and I've said, are, are, are you talking and also... I mean, you've been with me and we've, we've had them singing and they'll tap out the, the syllables to a song and a, a, yeah. you sing along with me. Yeah, we've had, at, our engagement, yeah. at our engagement dinner that you threw for us at your home in the gorgeous dining room that is how many years old? Oh, God, the, the, uh, that room, it, it dates back to the 1400s. To the 1400s, the so we're all yeah. sitting around this massive wooden table 
literally lifted off the floor. I saw it with my own eyes. Yeah. Everything on it was, was all the water was going everywhere. The glasses were shaking. Everything yeah. was jittering on the table. They were yeah. singing with us. Yeah. We were singing and they were going along in the beat to the yeah. song. It was yeah. the most incredible night. And they told us so many beautiful things yeah. about how Will and I being introduced was, it was from the spirit world Absolutely. as well. Yeah. That had all been... Yeah put together yeah. by the other side yeah. and, and none of it was a coincidence. They told us there is no such thing as coincidence. Yeah, that's right. And I believe that so strongly. Yeah. And then when we went in your shed and had the seance um, yeah. right after Max and Ryan died, actually, and at, right after my grandfather died and the knocking came up through the floor, that was incredible. And, and then Ryan said, the next week, Ryan said, yeah. am I okay to say what he said? He said, yeah, am I, he said, I'm sorry didn't he, to you? Do you remember? Yeah, that was his message. That was his message, yeah. Uh, always makes me so emotional. <laughs> I'm sorry, about it. And then he said... No, no, it's he? not. It's, cause and then it's he so said, funny that you're saying yeah. that because... And that he said that because it was about 12 hours after the crash. I don't remember much from those first days, but I remember I went into the bathroom and I was actually sitting down to have a wee and all of a sudden he rushed in. And he was groveling, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so. And it's, I just was like, it was like I got like bum rushed in the room all of a sudden. I sat down and I, and I just burst out crying. And it was like, if he was there, I would have held him and said, it's okay, like, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, you don't have to be sorry. And, and he does that sometimes. I, when I'm really crying or, or having yeah. a bad moment or bad, he, he just starts saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And, but and you I see, say to him, it's but you okay. See, Annabelle, what, what you see, this, and this is, this, a lot of people are, this is so hard because I've grieved a lot of people that will be listening. We'll, we'll, we all know, we, we know what it's like to lose somebody that we love so much. Mm. And it's so hard to, uh, we're human beings for God's sake. Of course we're going to cry. Of course we're going to get upset. But what we've got to try and get into our heads is that they don't want to see that. Yeah, it, and I, it, I know that. It's upsetting them. They are, yeah. every time he sees you cry, he's like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. So yeah. it's, it's, you've got to try, so, it sounds awful, so please forgive me, but we've all got to be like, I don't know, not hold it in, of course, but it's almost no. like knowing that happy for them. Makes, them, makes you feel a bit better because yeah. it's almost like they're not all morose over on the other side and oh my god, oh, you know, I'm, oh, I feel mm. they're like off having an amazing time. Yeah. But they're brought back closer to our level because mm. of our emotions. Yeah. We don't want that for them. We want them to fly and That's not all, feel this, yeah. this tie, this, but they'll always be with us whenever we want to talk to them, whenever they'll always come in and have a laugh. I mean, he, 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 my dad spelt out, can you got a message from my brother? He tapped out the word dickhead to my dad, <laughs> uh, to my brother. And then um, and my mum went, oh, for God's sake, Alan, can you just give Rick a nice message? And then he tapped, I love you, son. And then said to my mum, nice hair. Aww. And then I said, okay, dad, what movie are we going to watch? And then he tapped out the letters Magnificent Seven. So, so I think it's beautiful. No, I and yeah. I agree. I listen. I don't. I haven't had. I haven't done the tapping thing, and I, 
I communicate with my people who are no longer here in their physical um, bodies, but it's just in a different way. I'm just not where you are yet. Of course, um, but, but privately, would you like to privately, why don't we, me and Carl and you guys, and we'll go into our, we call it the shed, and we'll go in mm. and we'll do a little, and you can ask the questions that only you know the answers to. Yeah. And then he Yeah, I would love out, to. You know, and that, I think it's all about getting that, not closure, I, I don't think that's the right word. No, it, you it, want never, that, it never ends. No, exactly. You want that, oh my God, he's Comfort. okay. Yeah. yeah, he's okay. Yeah. I need to know he's okay. And you need to know, he's yeah. like, it's all right me spouting all this stuff and Lucy telling you her experience, you need to feel it for yourself. And I think that's what a lot of people feel, um, you know, a lot of people, and I get it, they need to see it to believe it. Yeah. I don't need to see it to believe it because I... Have had the experiences I've had, um, but I know that many people do, um, and I just I think that um, I think that everything you're saying makes so much sense to me, and I felt it very instinctively early on from day one, um, and that they don't want the sadness is 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 a heavy weight to them, and I think that for me personally, I found it slightly difficult in my grief at times because there are other people obviously involved in this process and they, the boys had many friends and, you know, lovers and their parents and there are all these people involved and everyone grieves differently. And now I have found there to be, found it to be very difficult when people are expressing their grief in a way that I would describe to be almost like quite Victorian in the sense that it's like, okay, we're going to wear black and be sad and we're not going to celebrate and oh no. And you know, the whole thing for me, I miss Ryan, I miss Max, but the feeling I get from them and what they need and what I need, what my needs to be at the center of my grieving is joy, peace, Mm -hmm. happiness, that's always been, those have been the words that have been coming to me. And so I find it really hard sometimes. And I feel like judged because I refuse to do this old method of grief where it's, where we're, you know, wearing a veil and, yeah, and well, sniffling. Wrong, isn't it? For people to judge you. Know. you. And, and grief is the most bizarre emotion because just when you think you're getting over it or, you know, like, I mean, my dad's been dead for over 10 years and I was only having a walk through the woods the other day and I had this mm. amazing sensation of this, of this, it was like it was fresh, this, this yeah. loss and this, and it took my breath away. Well, I burst into tears and I was actually, mm. and then I, I couldn't stop crying. And all I kept saying mm. over and over again was I kept coming my hand going, I'm sorry, Dad, I'm sorry for crying. I am sorry mm. for crying. And then it went. Yeah. And so it hits you. And, and you know, it does. in 20 years' time, 30 years' time, you know, I'll probably be dead with myself then. But, <laughs> well, not. You know, and knock, knocking on wood for you, Lucy. I'm here. I want to watch some porn. <laughs> I want to watch a porn tonight. I want to watch a porn uh, tonight. Maybe just Dallas. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just me and my mother in law watching some porn. Yeah. Um, that's really interesting what you just said. You know, yesterday and the day before, so about about 2 a.m., 3 a.m. the night before last, I had a real 
Um, yeah. I call them my exorcisms, where I feel <laughs> a good way. Like death comes it. through me. You yeah. know, it's really interesting. And yes, it was very deep and it was like day one again. And yesterday for me was really, really hard and it felt like week one. I was right back at the beginning yesterday and today I feel okay. Mm. But it it's so interesting the way that you can be cruising for a bit and then bang, you're... It hits you like that. Yeah. Um, but do you have time for any more questions? Of course. I'm, uh, listen, I'm not okay. going anywhere. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm another, um, another grape. I'm making these grapes. you very nice. Let's give you two more questions. Um, okay. Oh, so so many. I hope I'm not boring you. make this a 10-parter. No, this is so fascinating. Time. It's so fascinating to talk to somebody that actually it really is, Yvette. has had the experience. You've communicated with thousands of spirits and you've seen death from every angle every aspect and it's so you help people so much which you know and okay this is an interesting question can anyone show up from the other side or is it only the person you're contacting and I think this is interesting because I can imagine mischievous uh people coming through or maybe people don't on the other side don't want to chat they're not ready or you're not ready or you know what does that happen? How that do you happen to us it? in the shed, Yvette, with my grandfather? Yeah, yeah. I'll let, I'll let you answer, but just to say quickly, we were asking for my grandfather who had died a couple weeks before, mm-hmm. and he was too weak mm-hmm. to communicate. And instead, somebody else started tapping out a message on the cell phone where we use the keypad mm. to use the letter that they want to us to type out. And it was my other grandfather, mm. my dad's real dad who had died in a plane crash and his message to us was don't fly ha ha uh-huh. i know and he was being so mischievous I that know. night and he wasn't who we were no. expecting to come through at all no. does a stranger ever come through though i think is more maybe yes. what yes the, yeah so and how mean, do you handle it well i mean i I've, I've done lots of investigations where you'll be taught you'll get negative things come through so mm. you get, you know, I've had all sorts of things, you know. Six, That's six, another six, question. Yeah, yeah, 666, I'm going to kill you, follow you home. Oh, they've had terrifying things yeah. on Most Haunted. Yeah. That's die, what one of the questions is you know, as well. Die yeah. bitch and, and all, all horrendous. horrendous. Oh, yeah, die bitch. I remember yeah. that episode. Uh, so, so, die bitch. Yeah. The spirit hated it. And yet nothing is ever, but I believe this house was chosen for us. I really do. I believe this house was chosen for us. And um, again, we've been told, um, my dad told me after he died, um, that it was chosen because it, it's to protect us while we do all this work. And I Your really work, believe wow. that. Carl and Stuart um, and Lucy will tell you they've been badly burned. Um, yes, they have scars. Harmed, scratches. Stuart still has the scars on his back. Um, lots of... Um, very famous through clothes yeah Yo, yes it's a scar that if they put their arms together it lines up because something slashed them across both their arms yeah. and it lines up when they put their arms together yeah. wild oh, things yeah, yeah all down the back yeah. yeah and it's in real time it's live on the show <laughs> it's happening and yeah. then it's welling up and the blood is yeah. coming yeah what they, do you do what um, you well, just I, 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 put uh, in your boundaries. Yeah, I no. I, we were doing a, a live show of Most Haunted from uh, Edinburgh Vaults, 
and we were going live across the UK, but also live on the Discovery Channel in America. And it was the most bizarre thing because Carl and Stuart, there was a stone circle and many people, it's open to the public, this place, many people that had gone down into these vaults were complaining of being scratched and hurt. We thought, oh my God, that's bizarre. And the people that run it said, whatever you do, don't stand in the center of the circle and start swearing or be, be disrespectful um, because it's apparently it was a witch's circle. So Carl mm. and Stuart being Carl and Stuart decided oh to be disrespectful to try and get us some sort of reaction. And I'm saying, mm. don't be stupid. What are you doing that for? Men. They're saying, because we want a reaction. So I'm stood with the slightly in front of the camera that's going live across to the States. There's cameras all around um, that are also taking the feed. Stuart stands in the center of the circle and screams. And he's got a leather jacket on. And he's going, ah, my back, my back, it's burning, it's burning, you better help me. So I grabbed his leather jacket, pulled it off, and threw his white T-shirt on camera, going live to America, you start to see the blood coming through the white T-shirt. Rip the T-shirt off him, and there's three huge scratches from the top of his <sighs> right shoulder right down across his back to the top of his, uh, his left buttock. And he was in absolute agony. The blood was coming out. Then Carl screams. Three scratches on the back of his neck drew blood. The sound guy screamed and he had a, a huge cut from um, on the side of his leg, from the middle of his uh, calf, but on uh, right down to his ankle. So deep that you could see the bone. He had to go to uh, accident and emergency to get it sewed up. And this was all live on air. So, oh and what God. gets me is, is so some of the famous cases, for instance, The Exorcist, the film, it wasn't a little girl, it was a little boy. And in that particular case, the church noticed that these scratches were were coming up and big welts and burn marks were coming up, but they were spelling words out on the child's torso. And also um, similar things. For instance, Hollywood has made the exorcism of Emily Rose. Uh, the child in that wasn't Emily Rose, as far as I can remember, um, but it was based on a real case. Similar situation, scratch marks, burns and so on. And a lot of these famous cases throughout time actually talk about burn marks, scratches, and those are normally more of the demonic, more of the negative side, and it's negative energy that's coming through, and it's really aggressive. And that's, the reason why I bring this up is because we were just talking about the uh, people, uh, different entities coming through. Mm. Yes, of course they can come through. I'd heard about this scratching, but I'd never actually seen it for myself with my own eyes. And you said earlier on, Annabelle, seeing is believing. Well, bugger me, I saw that and I burst into tears. I could not get my shit together on live TV. I couldn't stop crying and I resigned. I said to the channel, that's it, I'm not doing any more. I said, we are delving into something that we have no knowledge of whatsoever. Even science doesn't understand this, so I'm out of here, forget it. And we sat up all night in the hotel room going over and over and over it. I was too frightened to sleep. I couldn't sleep for weeks. It was making me ill. And I resigned. Anyway, eventually, 
the channel and <laughs> Carl and the other team members said, please, you, let's continue. Let, let's, and I don't know what it was, but something inside went, no, you've got to carry on. You have to carry Is that on. why you stopped? Is that why you announced in, yes. was it 2010, that yeah. you didn't want to yeah. do this anymore? Yeah, I'd had enough. I, I, was, I was becoming ill in my own home because I couldn't sleep yeah. because I was so frightened of the things that I was seeing and hearing, hearing your own name being whispered close to you. Oh I my mean, God. I mean, you know, and then I started having nightmares, very, very bad nightmares um, where I'd wake up and think some, something was in the room and I'd be screaming. I had night terrors and it was awful. And it was only, only weirdly enough when a scientist explained to me what was happening and a lot of children get night terrors, and it is where the right temporal lobe in the brain becomes so active that you can open your eyes and it will play out mm. images like a dream, but you actually are. Mm. It's in the room. It's Everything has, has changed, so it's so real to you. It's a nightmare mm. you, you, you can't wake up from. And mm. so this was happening to me an awful lot, and it was when I, I spent a lot of time with this particular scientist, I actually thought, okay, fine, there's a logical reason for this, let's calm down. So I calmed down, and then I just got the bit between my teeth and, and thought, right, fuck them. Fuck you, you nasty bastards. Yeah. You're not going to beat me. So then I carried on. And then I got very brave. And um, I, I really got the bit between my teeth. Um, and then we stopped filming for a while. And then I went back to being a scaredy cat again because I've had a break. <laughs> I had a break yeah. from it. And then I was like, oh, my God, yeah. we're back into it again. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so frightened again, you know? Do you yeah. tell them to bugger off when you can feel them coming in? Oh, yeah. The people oh, on your face silly does. Yeah. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you dare come near me. Yeah, exactly. yeah it's so yeah. funny. So, you know, I've only ever had one really negative experience like that. And it was when I was at boarding school. The girls thought it, we, we were all into our little witchy poo things and whatever and our spells and crystals and spirituality. And we were young at this point, maybe 11, 12. And some of the girls thought that it would be really funny if we did seance and a Ouija board. Mm. And so we did that. And I was on the outer circle. I didn't sit down at the board. I just wanted to be there. And there was probably eight of us. And they were they became obsessed with it. They were doing it every break time they would meet and do this Ouija board because they were getting results. So they were jacked up on it. Mm. And at first we were like, oh, one of you's moving the board, one of you's moving the board, whatever. There was another girl called Annabelle and it spelled out um annabelle and it was like which one it wasn't me if you leave i'm gonna hurt you mm. and we were like oh fuck off who's doing this blah, blah, blah. i'll break your legs well one of the girls fell down the stairs broke her legs that week the other the other annabelle she went she this thing followed it was attached to her she became ill really really ill and it was so bad. We got so scared. There was one day where it wouldn't let us leave the room. And I was like, fuck it, I'm leaving. I'm not even in this thing and I'm going. And I remember I went and I told one of the teachers that I felt would understand. And he came in and broke the thing up. And the girls never did it again after that point. But everyone was so freaked out. One girl fell down the stairs, broke her legs. You know, this other poor girl was completely traumatized for months and months and months, became terribly thin and self-harming and all these things. And we could all feel this thing hanging around. So we decided to 
get rid of it. And we went and we read and tried to find, figure out how to get rid of this fucking thing. And, and we did that. Um, but that was the only experience I've ever had where it was like that thing, right? Where it scared me to my, yeah. it was, I wasn't even doing the thing. Yeah. And I was yeah. beside myself it's watching the, my friends get hurt. I mean, that's physically. a horrific experience. I mean, the thing is, like I said, there's, there are no such things as experts at this. There aren't. Only the dead are. And and the thing is, there's so much we don't understand. We don't understand mm. what an... We don't even know why we're here. You no. Know, a lot of, God. You know, you know, if you are spiritual like me, there is a reason to us being here. What is that reason, you know? And we don't know why we're here. We don't even know what, you know, what else the universe holds for us. Um, mm. And so... <laughs> You know, who the hell knows how it all works, and you know how who's going to come through? And all I know is that is that as in life, as in death, if you are a nasty bastard in this life, you don't change yeah. and become angelic when you go over there. You're gonna, you, you're still going to be nasty. And so there, are, yeah. as, the, the, as there is light, there is dark. So mm. you know, if you do do any paranormal investigating in the future, any of your listeners do, you know, you, you, you've got to be careful. I mean, I always do a little prayer. I have my little protection necklace. Yeah, around. Put your boundaries in. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and I know that I have protection on the other side. I know that mm-hmm. I have my father. I know that I've got other relatives that are, you know, I always imagine them when I'm really frightened. I always imagine them standing around me sort of, come on then, you know, yeah. <laughs> arms and, you know, and yeah. that makes me braver thinking, well, you know, they're, they're not going to let yeah. anything harm me. And would you say that's how you anchor yourself with knowing that you've got protection, knowing that you yeah. say your prayer and get yourself grounded and yeah. centered before? Okay. Absolutely. Definitely. Um, we don't know any answers. No. So all we can do is podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. We're trying to figure it out. Exactly. <laughs> we're just trying to figure it out. So I think the last question I would want to ask, which would be really nice one for the listeners, I think we try and really focus on helping people like you were mm. saying earlier. It's why I come on here every week and uh, humiliate myself. We make fools of ourselves <laughs> in the hopes that it'll help, help someone. Else. I've seen some um, but... of the marks and you girls are doing an amazing job. I mean, that's what Thank it's about, you. isn't it? Helping other people. Yeah. And that, it really that's what is. we're here for, yeah. you know? Yeah, we are. Okay, so the final the question final of the question evening is... And I think this could speak for a lot of uh, different things, but specifically to, to this situation is when you went down this path of becoming a spiritualist and having these experiences and and really putting yourself out there on television as a person that does this was that scary to put yourself out there like that because that's a big label to carry you know historically you know we've spoken about the labels that are put on women and and witchcraft and all those things you know I've been called a witch since my husband died for because he uh, yeah um so you know all of these things so these are big labels and you do you're known for it from that point oh she's the witch woman she's she Mm -hmm. thinks she sees ghosts all those things how do you sort of come out as somebody who has this as a part of their life and and how would you handle judgment or how would you recommend people sort of go about coming out as this type of person with this type of interests and abilities and and how would you navigate people's reactions negative judgments and you know do you have any advice that 
from that perspective? I don't really think about it, to be honest. I just think I'm so happy in my skin and so happy being me that I think if you don't like what I do, then sod you. That's, you know, you know, you're entitled to your opinion and I respect that. But I mean, I've had death threats and Mm. uh, awful things said to me. I mean, just, I mean, even on television, I've had, you know, chat show hosts, actually one of them, one on a big TV show in the UK, when there was a break and, you know, we were all having a drink of water, uh, you know, break from taping. One of the guests, not the host, or was it the host? Well, it was the host. He actually turned around to me and he says, I think what you do is really stupid. And mm. action. And I'm like, oh my God, this is the host of the show. Has just yeah. has just said this to me, and I I found that um, absolutely appalling. And then one of my mum's next door neighbours, who's religious, I went to drop off a Christmas card. He opened the door, and he said something along the same lines: "Oh, you're her, are you? I think what you do is absolutely disgusting." And slammed the door mm-hmm. in my face. I was like, "Okay." Mm-hmm. Um, I had a phase where if there was a uh, somebody from the church, they would walk out the room. Oh yeah, God. so I've had lots of negative, but it, it it didn't get to me because I just thought, no, I know what I'm doing is right, and I mm. it it suits me, and I'm happy, and I'm happy in my skin. And if you don't like what I do, then that's your problem, and that's it. So stand your ground. Yeah, um, and love you yourself, what you do believe and, in what you do, yeah. and and if you, I think my sort of response to that person and and. My advice would be, you know, we talk about my therapist, Jeff, a lot on this show. You do. He, he always says to me, if you don't know what to do, don't do anything. Yeah. And I think if you're not ready to come out and say that this is a part of your life, then don't do it yet. Wait until you are ready. Yeah. And just be really mindful of who is in your life, who is around you, and create a safe space to do that. Make sure you are setting yourself up to be in the safest possible environment to be who you are, which is somebody Absolutely. that, you know. Absolutely. And, and, you know people... what? and you know what? From a Stockportonian to another half Stockportonian, <laughs> when in doubt, do now. There you go. Yes. <laughs> That's <laughs> going to be the name of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my daughter's oh. just come in. Say hello to my daughter. Mary. Oh. Hi, hello, Mary. Mary. Oh, that's my honorary <laughs> sister. Oh, no. There was something going on, so I crept around like, you know. Yvette, I thought maybe you were spe- looking at a spirit and saying hello. <laughs> I don't know if it was Carl or Mary. She got accepted to the RAF. I heard, Mary. <gasps> oh congratulations. Well congratulations. All that sort of stuff. So I'm, I'm off. Girl. Uh, I got told by some guy that I was meant to be off next month or this coming month. And uh, then I got oh, told wow. the other day. Uh, no, it's 2022, so I've got a whole year to wait. Well, no, it's not a whole oh year. You've just God. got you've got six. Well, less than six months now, haven't you? Really, we've got an RAF member in the family. I know, but how nice is that? Badass. More of her at home. Oh I God. know. You must be thrilled yeah. to get that extra time. Exactly. Well, exactly. Yvette, 
Thank you so much yeah. for being with thank us. Thank you. Oh, thank you for having me. Do you know it's been absolutely lovely. I've loved I've loved having time with my daughter-in-law, but obviously it's been lovely meeting you, Annabelle. It really, so really nice. has. And um <laughs> yeah. I hope I wasn't too passionate and going on and on about stuff. But no. you know God, when you know no. something's so real? fascinating. You know when you know something's real yeah. and you wanna tr- you wanna sh- oh, it's really yeah. real. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, love you both. both like that as well. We love you too. Love you so much and thank you for making the time for us and and and, and carry on doing what you're doing because you're doing an amazing job both of you for all your listeners out there who rely on you guys you know it's great thank you yeah as do yours everybody go order your book (laughs) (laughs) house in the woods order order it now that's new book yeah love you both we love Love you you. bye 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 bye